to you all and welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for Friday, March 6th. I'm Caroline Gonzalez, joined on today's show by NFL Network's analytics expert Cynthia Freeland, who has been uh, spending countless hours coming up with her mock draft, which released earlier. Uh, Cynthia, thank you for, for joining us on the show, first of all, today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So when is your stopping point? You've spent time with the NFL Honors, you had Super Bowl, you had Combine. When do you get to take a vacation? You know, no vacations in football. (laughs) You know how that works. You don't get them either. I'm actually um, at the MIT Sloan Analytics Conference. Right now, I'm just sitting in the hallway. There's a bunch of nerds everywhere. It's wonderful. (laughs) So you're in paradise. (laughs) Nerd paradise. This is, you know, the nerd Super Bowl. <laughs> That's awesome. So we won't keep you too long, but you came out with your draft prospect model to to create um, numerical value for each player, which you displayed in your mock draft. First of all, can you explain more in depth for those who didn't read your article how you come up with that numerical value for each player? Sure. So there's two things that work together. First, there's a consideration of free agency. So who's available in free agency? This year we have more quarterbacks than ever, it would seem. And then you see, okay, who's available in the draft? So for each draft prospect, I take you know years and years of past data to create what the draft prospect is most likely to net out in as a player in the NFL. And I kind of map those two things together. So a lot of people were mad at me because at the top of the draft, they all want Joe Burrow to go to Cincinnati. But in my model, the free agent richness in quarterbacks combined with the fact that Chase Young is such a good pass rusher mm-hmm. netted out in more wins next season for because my model only really considers who's going to win next season like what gives you a one season advantage just 2020 wins with everything we know right now so that actually netted out in a higher value than let's say Joe Burrow and then trying to figure out a pass rusher in free agency when you put all that together were you surprised that there wasn't a quarterback in your top five you know, I wasn't because ultimately, you know, we're going to see a lot of trades. Do I, I also, I should say, you know, my editors, they're like, no trades allowed. You're not allowed to consider a trade. Mm. So I don't think that, I don't think that's where people will end up going from the standpoint of, you know, number three or number two. It's just merely an exercise in what's the market right now? Because if I were a team, I could take this sort of analysis and then I could do it a competitive evaluation of what's the guy ahead of me going to draft? Maybe what's another person in my division going to look for? And then I could game plan a little bit better there. And how much would you say things change after free agency? I remember you talking about Chase Young and, you know, (laughs) the Bengals with with, uh, Teddy Bridgewater possibly in free agency. How much do things change post-free agency? So we're going to have another mock draft that comes out after free agency. And I, I would imagine, I mean, if I had to guess the number of things that are going to be different, it's probably going to be 32. <laughs> <laughs> Conservatively speaking, 32. Right. But but you said, you know, you've you've done this season after season after season, and, and you said the, the model gets smarter after each season. So how long, Cynthia, do you think it's going to take before teams become more and more reliant on this these analytics to kind of tell them where they should go if they want to have success in the season? Well, the better the inputs, the better the outputs. If you have a, you're lucky at the Saints, you have a coach who has a long tenure, tons of experience calling great plays, and you also have a front office that works in lockstep with your coach. So when those two things combine, you get a lot more regularity and certainty. You get the Michael Thomas in the second round, as opposed to having to reach for year after year, quarterback after quarterback, or pass rusher after quarterback after wide receiver, and getting all of these different needs. So the more stability, the better. 
And that's really come, coming from, you know, they may not call it analytics from an analytics department, but it's coming from really good information and strategic analysis that's being used by the coach, but also the coaches are using that department to help them kind of get these insights and their cap all in line so everything works together. Cynthia, how do you even begin to ask those kinds of questions to coaches and front office staff? I mean, it has to be kind of uh, <laughs> intimidating to go up and be like, hey, why didn't this player work for you guys? So I do it a little bit more granularly than that because I really enjoyed I learned when I was working in the league office in 2008, starting in 2008, I learned that I really liked watching film with coaches because they get really passionate about it. You get to eat snacks. There's lots of swearing. <laughs> it's great. So you just kind of got to meet them where they are, which is, hey, coach, what happened on play 47? What was the safety supposed to do against, you know, against the Falcons three weeks ago or whatever? You know, and you just start by asking a question from film, which is the language that they speak. And that's really how I started building models because I could understand when they showed me on the film. Mm. So uh, for the Saints specifically, round one, pick 24, your model had Justin Jefferson out of LSU uh, coming <laughs> to the were Saints. were pretty happy with that one. Yeah. Saints, I, were happy, Saints fans were happy with me with that one. <laughs> I was pretty happy with it myself because obviously seeing him in the combine, he put out a, a great performance. And, of course, if you have a local guy coming to the local team, that's ideally what you want. But why did this player work so much alongside a guy like Michael Thomas? I think maybe not necessarily in your neck of the woods, but nationally people maybe had pigeonholed Justin Jefferson into being just a, maybe a slot receiver or really only working between the numbers. And yes, most of his, most of his catches did come between the numbers, but you got to see, you know, and, and also teams told me that when they interviewed him, you got to see a chance where a, a coach could see putting him in all of the different positions that wide receivers play and having all of the different route tree options available to them. Now compound that with Michael Thomas, okay, it's going to be goodness. Like that's going to be, it's going to be really hard to stop the Saints offense. If that, if that's what would happen. A lot of people were thinking, Hey, speed, right? Speed. You want Henry Ruggs, whatever. I think ultimately what you have to do is what does game speed look like? And Justin Jefferson's game speed is incredibly impressive. Cynthia, I'm going to put you on the spot and I know you're at the MIT conference, so you don't have anything in front of you, but uh, from the past knowledge, obviously the saints have done well uh, putting themselves in a playoff position for the past three years. Do you think anything, any position in particular would maybe put them over the edge going into this 2020 season? I do think receiver, especially in this market, I think, a receiver to complement what Michael Thomas does so well would really make a big difference because you're very strong at the running back position. You're obviously strong at the number one wide receiver position. And I think an interesting use case would be, you know, what does that hybrid tight end potential look like? And also corner. I think corner is an area to address, get that a little bit short up and really make things just a lot easier for the offense. Well, Cynthia, we'll let you get back to your nerd conference. Uh, we hope you enjoy <laughs> if you want to follow Cynthia. Oh, you know I'm going to enjoy that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> if you want to follow Cynthia on Twitter, you can follow her at S Free or C Freeland, C-F-R-E-L-U-N-D. Cynthia, we appreciate your time so much and uh, have fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was a short but sweet one today on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek for this Friday. It is a beautiful day if you are listening here in New Orleans, so I hope you are able to go out and enjoy the day while also listening to this wonderful New Orleans Saints podcast. Today's episode was brought to you by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing, but with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best, best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps.
Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. All right, everyone, hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.